Welcome to Coffee and Closers. I'm Nikolai Bedor, and I want to personally invite you to join me and one of today's top performing sales stars for a cup of coffee and authentic conversation. And our collective goal is that you will walk away with tangible knowledge that you can apply to your sales efforts today. Are you ready? Grab a cup, fill it up, and let's get into another episode of Coffee and Closers. What's up, Closers? Welcome to Twin Cities Startup Week 2021 and the kickoff of Season 5. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> I really regret that Cardi B whistle. I actually thought it was going to come up more like a, like a whistle. <laughs> so maybe we might have to edit that one. Anyway, uh, welcome to Season 5, uh, the kickoff of Season 5, along with Twin Cities Startup Week. It's something we do every year. Um, this is Coffee and Closers. So this is a very special Startup Week episode, and I can't wait to get into it with you. But first, I want to make a, or give a sincere thank you to the beta team and the Twin City Startup team for, first of all, putting on this spectacular. Thank you, guys. The virtual clap, which everyone loathes, but I don't know how else to do this. Thank you, guys. Um, first of all, thank you for putting it on. Thank you for inviting us up uh, to, once again, uh, you know, kick off this year's Sales and Marketing Day. It's a true honor. It's something we look forward to every year. Thank you. I want to thank you to our show sponsors. Without you guys, this production would never take place. That is Time on Target, Megan Lamke, Coalition 9, and of course, the Closers Media Team for making this possible. All the folks that I just mentioned are hand-selected, they're best in class, and they're true supporters of the Closers community. So make sure to check them out. And last but not least, thank you to the Closers community. Um, first off, um, for making you know those new to our show today. There's a lot of people that probably have never tuned in today. Thank you for, for helping them feel welcome. If you're watching this virtually, make sure to say hi to them uh, in the chat. And if you are one of the lucky ones uh, watching this live on stage right now, make sure to take time to shake a hand, introduce yourself as one of the closest community members, and make sure that uh, our new startup friends feel welcome. For those of you that I have not met, my name is Mikolai Bedore. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer of Closers Media and the host of Coffee and Closers. So what does Closers Media do? We help businesses grow by implementing and teaching our conversion to close a sales system that helps you turn leads and awareness into happy paying customers. To date, our clients have leveraged a system to get acquired, to IPO, believe it or not, and or grow their team by receiving investment dollars on their terms. So if revenue growth is a top priority for you this year, hit me up. That's Mikolai at closersmedia.com for more info. All right, back to the show. So today, your experience at Coffee and Closers first. In seasons past, we have interviewed fellow sales experts, and we just learned what we can, right? Uh, this season, starting today, uh, we've heard your feedback. We've listened to it loud and clear. And we're going to dedicate the next 12 episodes to helping real founders land their next three customers. Why? Well, because most of us can trip into a deal, right? We can leverage the friends and family plan to get a few bucks through the door. But after that, it gets real. And now we got to start. Uh, we start. We got to start closing real logos month after month if we plan on actually building a company here. And that can be scary for a lot of us. So what we've decided to do is uh, starting today, we invited uh, real founders, real local founders, uh, Tim and Dick, uh, on the, on the stage, and they're going to share kind of a little bit about themselves and real challenges that they're facing. And the goal is that we're going to try and do our best to leave today with tangible steps that they and you can take to confidently grow revenue today. Does that sound like a plan? All right. Well, Tim Dick, welcome to Coffee and Closers. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company, what you guys do? All right. I'll go first. <laughs> hey, everybody. My name is Dick Polipnik. I am the Chief Growth Officer of Online Growth Systems. We help SaaS companies or software as a service companies scale from napkin idea to 
essentially IPO or acquisition, right? And uh, today we're going to be kind of diving into my topic is I, I previously do not have experience working for Fortune 500 companies. So I have personally, you know, I've been an entrepreneur pretty much my whole life and uh, I've never had a client in that Fortune 500 list before. So it's going to be a new experience for me and I want to break that into that bar barrier so that way my company can grow and realize that new revenue like Nikolai was saying. So we've uh, also been a previous client of uh, Closers Media. So love their services. They're amazing and uh, excited to uh, get some value for both me and my company and hopefully everybody else can learn too. So right on. Thanks, man. Tim, you're up. All right. Hey, everybody. Tim Bornholt. Uh, I am a partner with the Jed Mahonis Group. We partner with startups and other large organizations to help build custom mobile software solutions. Um, we do primarily do that in the form of native iOS and Android apps, uh, also websites too. It's, you can't really do one without the other these days. Um, <clears throat> we've, uh, we've been around for almost 10 years now. And uh, just like Dick, we uh, we lucked into finding Nikolai and uh, have used Closers Media to help our sales process out, and um, it, it's been been doing well ever since. And we our our current struggle that we're going to talk about uh, from our side is um, we have a client in a market that we would like to uh, try to expand to more clients in that same market. So I'm hoping to uh, to pick Nikolai's brain, and um, hopefully you guys, if you have that same problem, can uh, learn. Learn something as well. Right on. And just a couple of disclaimers. Number well, disclaimer number one. You guys are thinking at home like, oh wow. So he brought on happy, pay, happy paying customers. The ones, you know what I mean. I'm sure you're thinking what a cheat. Um, you'll find in our in our sales system that these guys know there are no surprises. Like, be gone are any of the surprises moving forward when you install our system. I don't like, and that's built around me. I don't even watch Vikings games until I know they've won. That's how bad it is. I wanted to know the end of this new Star Wars trilogy before I even got started because that's a lot of time to waste if, if the ending sucks. So anyway, um, you guys will find that out. So yes, you're right. I wanted to have these guys in because they're already happy. They've already leveraged us. Um, but this isn't this isn't these aren't fake challenges. These are real challenges because uh, Dick in particular hadn't broken into Fortune 500. He hadn't needed to. He had his sweet lane that we developed. He crushed it. He drained it. And now um, we're moving on to a new swamp. So I want you to know this mm -hmm. is kind of a hybrid of real and prepped. <laughs> just to be fair and honest. Um, with that, uh, I want to jump into like, so, so we have our challenges here and I'm going to run through a little routine here because I want everyone listening at home to understand that sales is not the scary boogeyman that people think it is. In fact, as you guys know, you, you know, non-classically trained sellers, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's the majority of who we serve um, is it, people that think that reaching out to somebody new and cold is, is scary. And it can be, if you do it like a bad networker, now, the reason I bring this up is this is Twin City Startup Week. So you guys have been in networking events. I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe there's one that just bum rushes you and shoves your card in your hand and starts like attacking you about business. Like that isn't something people do. Like our kids just started school and all the new, I would just moved here. So all the new parents are, are welcoming us in. Not one of them tries to force their kid to hang out with my kid. That's just not how life is done yet. We've all had the LinkedIn experience, right? Or we've all had email solicitations we, where we show up to something and now we're on their newsletter chain. We didn't ask to be on it and we're just getting throttled. And that's how people expect sales to work. That is the, what, no, nobody interacts in, 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 in normal form that way, nor does nobody buy that way. But yet a lot of us default to selling that way and it just doesn't work. So 
let's talk about what what has worked for you guys. You already know this, but now the audience does. And how we approach sales and and, and human to human interaction, which is what it is, is how do you how did you land your first customers? Let's start there. Like, how did you find them? How did you land them? How were you connected with them? Um, let's go with you, Tim. Uh, our first customers, um, and honestly, I would say almost all of our customers until the point that we hired closers um, found us somehow. Uh, we made a website. Uh, I've been doing web development my whole life. I, I started when I was in first grade. So by the time we, we started this business, I had already had like 20 years of, of development experience. And we, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we put up a website and we ranked high on uh, Google for um, Twin Cities app developers, uh, which I was really proud of. We beat out some people that are still around today that are really well known in the community, and that that um, you know somehow we lucked into finding business that way. And uh, that's I would say it's been just people coming to us, reaching out, and telling us what they, they they've already come to us with the problem, and they already know they want to build an app. And that's been kind of the clients that we've had, and where we've been shifting to since working with Nikolai is really finding people that have you know, operational problems and uh, we can kind of work with them to come up with a solution. Maybe it's an app, maybe it's not. Um, but uh, to, to, to answer your question specifically, <laughs> I, I, you asked me this the first time that we met and I still can't tell you how we found our first customers. They just kind of showed up in our lap and that's not how most businesses work, but hey, it <laughs> worked for us. Right. And as we discussed, you know, that's, that's cool. And, I, and I'm guessing people listening, if they tune into this, are probably like, you read the title, you're like, hmm. Yep, I have had some clients. Um, maybe they can't recall either, and now they're maybe they've got an investment or whatever. They got some heat. They they, they brought on some 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 uh, you know employees around that that initial success, and now they're going, hmm. All right, now I got to figure out a rhythmic pattern of how to get more customers through the door. What do I do? Is that mm -hmm. fair to say? Is that kind of where we're at, Tim? Hundred percent. Yep. And then Dick, um. Talk, talk us through how you landed your first customers. And then I want to pivot to the fortune 500 because this is almost everybody's game plan. No offense to say, all right, I know that's yeah. where the money is. So I, I should go there. And that's where the logic, that's where the study ends. And that is yeah. like nine out of 10 of our clients every single day. So I don't, I want to, I want to be very respectful, but I, could you yeah. just walk us through your first kind of initial batch of clients, how you landed them? Yep. And then so fortune 500 now. So our first batch of clients was very much your old school, uh, just volume. We were knocking on doors. We were showing up uninvited <laughs> to businesses. Uh, this is, you know, circa 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. We were just walking into businesses saying, hey, can I talk to this business's owner? And either they weren't there and we try to, you know, book an appointment with them, like on the spot with their receptionist or, yeah. you know, getting past those gatekeepers. And then we would, uh, on the rare occasion, we had two, three business owners who were willing to meet with us spontaneously on that. And we sat down and uh, that was before I brought my laptop in and had a fancy slideshow. It was just a like two pieces of printed out paper. One was like our pitch and then mm -hmm. one was like three different packages or two different. We had two packages we were offering at the time. You know, one was for a thousand dollars a month and one was for fifteen hundred. And I thought right. that was like all the money in the world, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, sat down with a couple of business owners and some of them would listen to me pitch for an hour and uh, one of them in particular, and they went, All right, we'll go with the big one. And then I and then he started to chuckle and he said, I bet you wish you would have had a bigger package, didn't you? <laughs> and I'm like, learned my lesson, right? So uh, that's kind of how the first ones got going, and then you know, just 
had, you know, that momentum build up and have that snowball effect over time. And one success leads to more and work begets work as um, some of our partners like to say, and turned even some of those first customers into case studies. So uh, that's kind of how we got started. And the reason for pivoting into fortune 500s is because as kind of was hinting at earlier, a lot of the times smaller companies have a hard time with budget. So it, at the end of the day, it comes down to, can you afford the services or not? Uh, because with, so we have that marketing agency, right? So the full service marketing agency, we can do everything from video to LinkedIn ads to whatever. So we can help you get leads and grow your business, but we can't do it for free, right? We're in business. Like we're in it to make money as well. We need to like feed my employees and their families and that whole spiel. So we need to make sure that you have a budget to pay for our services to grow your business. Uh, if that makes sense. So the, yeah. we're, we're following the budget, honestly, it's not, it's not sexier than that. I dig it. Um, well, we're going to start with, with you then, um, just because you're going to find a lot of disappointment in our process because it's, it really covers all angles. <laughs> I'm kidding. There's obviously some nuances <laughs> with, with fortune 500 just because it's a multi-level sale. You know what I mean? Like you're not yep. unlike, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, I'm at like a SMB where maybe you're 50 employees on down. There's still layers of decision making. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it can be harder because you're dealing with it's some, it's directly somebody's baby, you know, whereas yep. a fortune 500, it's just, it's, it's their, their ladder rung that, that if they, if they pick, you know, no one gets fired for buying Microsoft or whatever the saying goes. So sometimes right. you have to look at, yeah, is this worth the risk? Right. Um, and that's, Ex that's where the sales exactly. is very different. That's where it's very different, but there's also an obstacle. Yeah, is there very, there's, there's advantages. And I've talked about this on previous shows is there's advantages and disadvantages of being a fortune or sorry, being a, uh, you know, blue label type of company, like an IBM or something is you have burnt someone in the past. You've been around too long to not screw up. So, so mm -hmm. now you have to deflect that. Whereas if you're a new provider of something new, you only, they've never heard of you. So, so then it's, you see what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a different, it's the different, uh, talk track. But, mm -hmm. but it's not as it's either, def, it's either defense or offense, either you're, you're trying to educate them, <laughs> I'm trying to score, if you will, trying to educate them on who you are, what you are and the advantages, right? Often leveraging your previous past at a fortune 500 company, which is why you came, you said you thought you could do it better. You know, when you're a fortune 500 person breaking into another fortune 500 company, they say, oh, I've heard of you. And then immediately goes to, mm, you know what I mean? I have mm -hmm. my preconceived you know, notions and then now you have, yeah. And then you, you gotta, you gotta go up from there because the rep right before you could have absolutely just scorched earth, the entire village and they absolutely <laughs> hate you. Yep. They hate you. And the CTO that just purchased your platform is still there. Or sorry, that purchased the platform prior is still there. And you're trying to sell licenses on apps on top of that platform. Good luck. So anyway, mm -hmm. there's advantages of being a, a startup, but with you, Tim, um, what was your kind of your go back to your main challenge? We're going to start with Dick because you do have experience breaking into Fortune 500 companies. So I figure, if anything, we can have you kind of glob on too to say, oh, this is what I learned. This is this is what I learned in my experience. But what was your challenge that we wanted to go through today in in, in specifics? Sure. So uh, we have a client um, who is part of a, uh, a Sanford Health. They're they're um, based out in in Sioux Falls. And we, um, one of the reasons when we were talking with them of why they chose to work with us uh, to, to help them build an app was because uh, they wanted a team that could help them supplement their mobile capabilities. They had really strong developers, but they just needed a team to come in and help on the mobile side. So 
what we uh, kind of from that knowledge, we kind of came up with the hypothesis that if if there's a very large company in a relatively small market, they're probably not the only ones that have challenges finding help on the mobile app side. And instead of trying to attract talent these days, which you know the the software developers are the salaries are just exploding over the last few months, it's it's gotten real expensive to hire. Um, app developers, we thought, what if we partner with companies instead and they pay our team to use us when they need us to get the app built out and then just support in the long run as opposed to having a uh, you know salaried iOS developer just sitting on staff kind of bored because the app's built, you know, they're, they're just kind of spinning their wheels at this point. So what, what my specific ask um, of you, Mikolai, what, what I'm trying to figure out is what is a good approach for finding uh, similar companies in, in, a, in a similar position, like basically large companies in smaller markets that might need help building mobile apps? Right on. Um, I might volley this back then to you, Tim, and start there and then, and then end up in the Fortune 500 land because it's kind of the same process. And anyway, we're, like I told you guys, uh, we're just going to kind of wing it and see which way it feels right. But um, as you guys know, first and foremost, I'm going to walk you through. It's our our service, our product, if you will, is a three month, uh, you know, video and coaching course. So hands on and and virtual um, to for redundant learning. So I'm going to try and smash it into into what? What do we got here? Thirty minutes. So I'm going to do my best um, to try and smash it. But I, but I I want to. So I want to start at the at, at the end. The, the 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 way that our companies close more business than anyone else. The reason why they've, they've gotten acquired, the reason why they consistently, you know, get funding is because we focus on the most tangible, or sorry, the most uh, comfortable way for people to sell, which is human centered. It's a human centered sales system. Okay. Um, when you're going to go and introduce yourself to anybody, anywhere, you want to find a like, like thing that we can relate on. Oh, you like mountain biking. Oh, you like uh, playing guitar. Oh, you like whatever, right? Like that's just basic human stuff. So we want to find that from a business standpoint because us just cold reaching out to somebody and asking them if they want to go to a, you know, a bluegrass jam some night is ridiculous. Like they don't know you. I don't know you. I got better things to do. I already have friends. Thanks. So we kind of ha got to hybrid it. And the first thing we want to do when it comes to identifying who our friends are going to be, you know, Tim, in your case, you've got Sanford. We want to find rhythmic patterns of success so we don't have to work too hard, right? It's okay to be lazy when you're when you're putting together your plan, but but we have to start somewhere. You know, like for, for Dick, uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies. It's 500 companies. You're going to call, you know what I mean? Like you're going to go be an expert in all 500 of their pains and challenges and industries right. and geographical challenges and political landscape. No, absolutely not. So there's no reason to, you're not going to go and find 500 new friends. Let's just scale it down, right? Let's try to make a, a couple friends a week. Because with a Fortune 500 budget, you're and the size of your company, you're only going to need a couple. So anyway, mm -hmm. that's the first thing. Where have we had success before? Now I'm going to pick on both of you guys, Dick Bulk Reef, Andrew's a buddy of mine. We know we I know that you've worked with them. That is an e-com, you know, very niche specific e-com play. How many more bulks do we have? Maybe we have one, but but we have five. Um, just going to use e-com as an example. Maybe auto parts. You got five auto parts e-com companies that you've you know, that you've worked into. Well, who does auto parts, Napa, AutoZone, you know, all these fortune 500 companies that, that may or may not have a real st strong e-com play that you could help them with. And you could use these case studies to say, listen, we did it for these guys. And, and they're kind of a underground type of company, unless you're into fish and stuff, no offense mm -hmm. to, you know, bulk, but like you can kind of go through that, that pattern, right? Same with, with, with uh, Tim, 
you know, you've had a lot of success in the healthcare industry, which is super hard to break into and rare. And specifically with Sanford, you know, they're the big name in a, in Sioux Falls, which isn't a tiny town, but it's much smaller than the Twin Cities. And I've grew up in a small town, you know, like it, with Fargo, you had Shields. That was the big thing. You know, when you it, even in Colorado, you got Vail. Like that's that's a major industry there that everyone knows about. You know what I mean? So everyone's trying to break into them. You already have. And so now you have a chance to tell that story over and over. And the biggest misconception that people think is I got to have all these logos and spray them all over my website. You really don't. The best way to do it is to leverage past experience. Like, let's say you're brand new to your startup, but you worked at 3M or you worked at somewhere, you know, Granger, I don't care, or Oracle, wherever. You, Oracle has experience with these companies. 3M has had experience with, with big fortune. You know what I mean? With these kind of companies. Therefore, you have. So what's your side of the story in which you had a chance to, to, take, to, to do a big project at 3M? And then, oh, by the way, the reason why I started my company is because, you know, they were doing a great job here, but they weren't serving this market or they were doing it okay, but there was a thing that they were doing that was getting bottlenecked and pinched and they, they were too big to un, you know, to unhinge that. So I decided to build a niche product or a niche service or whatever around this thing. And now I'm able to bring it to companies like you from a nimble standpoint, an affordable ability standpoint and a velocity standpoint, because I don't have to get 16 levels of pre-approval to, to serve you and discount and do all those things. Again, huge advantage to be in a smaller company, in my opinion. And I've spent 15 years working for, you know, three of the five biggest companies in the world. So I have some experience. Um, anyway, that's where we're going to want to start. So if we were to doing this, if this was our regular, <laughs> you know, weekly deal or bi-weekly deal, um, we'd have you guys have already put together some of these things. So if you're watching from home and you guys now, you know this, but what are top five, top five customers we've had, top five, top three, and then where's the relation? And then we can start building out our, our experience there. That's number one. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Anything to add? No. I just want to see if you guys are still paying attention. I know Tim's dealing with the machine ghosts over there. So I just want to make sure he wasn't uh, taking over. Um, so here. <laughs> so we, we kind of touched on some things, but I want to hammer them home because in our training, what we're, what we're trying to cram in here is the industry size, the title of people that you've had previous success with, the geography that they're in. Those are very important before we jump into our, our next phase. Again, what we're trying to do is bring human-centered outreach to these people that's scalable. That's not mass automation. If you're hearing mass automation, zip it. That is not what we're talking about here. It is scalable, but it does require work. There's a difference between getting a note that says, hi, insert name. I see you do app dev. We help app dev companies in the <laughs> United States. Eh. You know, you're like, we do good work. Yeah, We do good work. Here's, yeah. Anyway, you know the drill. Everyone's had this experience. We, we, we scoff at that because it's just lazy. Um, what we want to do is, okay, let's take Sanford for an example, or we can use AutoZone or whatever, for example, Dick. You know, if, if we're trying to break into these places, and I'm going to try and two for it if you had just out of, of you know, respect for time, is it's the same pattern though. It's, I want to find, okay, so Sioux Falls, what else is in Sioux Falls? Oh, UHG, these guys, they, they also have uh, some, some, some notability. But, but you hear what I'm saying? We're starting there. Now, after that, we break into what's a cousin of the healthcare industry? Who else serves the healthcare industry? 
right? Who else serves that layer and that layer? Because we want to build kind of a, a little a little family, if you will, family tree of cousins. What we don't want to do is go healthcare, manufacturing, uh, legal, you know, EDU education. Like that that just doesn't make any sense. And it's it just it, it, it'll tire you out. Because you want to have this, yeah, you want to have the same conversation. You want to have similar conversations every day to say, like, for instance, if you're a financial advisor, <clears throat> right? You know, or you're in the financial space, you say, hey, you know, um, Dick, um, I don't know if you, you know, if you're, if you're tracking China, we don't live there, but we do live in the United States and we're very tight. Our economies are very tied together. If you're familiar with the Evergrande standoff or sell off, sorry, that's going to affect your portfolio. And I don't know exactly what I've heard 2% to a 20% dip is your financial advisor talking to you about those types of things specifically because you live in a higher tax state like Minnesota. <laughs> like, like that's one thing you could say a hundred times mm -hmm. because it's personal <clears throat> because why we know where this guy, sorry, this guy or gal lives, the decision maker. We know that this is their livelihood, right? They're the CFO or whatever, you know, where this would matter if they're looking at uh, employee benefit packages. Um, you know, there, we know that, uh, we, I think we said geography and then in industry in this case doesn't really matter, but we know that that's something that's going on, right? You could say, listen, you know, um, I saw that this thing you posted. So this is where we next step is finding something that we can relate to. Maybe it's the guitar. Maybe it's the bluegrass jam. Maybe it's, you, you love mountain biking or you love volunteering or you love this one thing. It, very easy, very easy to find you. Everyone's accessible these days. You can find something they're passionate about, whether it's a nonprofit they're really into, um, you know, Tim, I know you're a massive, you know, runner, health nut, like, you know, you, you can go into that, like Dick, I mean, you, you can look at your prep past experience with Founders Live being on the mic, listen to your podcast and go, okay, you know, there's something that, that we can talk about here, right? Even if I've never been on a podcast or don't have my own, I could be like, I really love that episode, Dick, of this, that, the other thing. Are you familiar with this other podcast that talks about this subject? Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. We can, we can build, bring that human centered uh, you know, those, the, those bridges together. But again, that's not, that's not what we're going to lead in because I don't know you. And I did not know about the Evergrande sell-off until right now. Now I'm interested. Do you see? That's kind of the prong approach for, for you, Tim. And only because we worked on this with Sanford, you've done such good work there in a place. that's very hard to, to break into. I know that because they have a big hub in Fargo around where I grew up um, is, you know, they have you have case studies and you have you have specific situations where you said hey you guys are trying to um minimize the amount of legwork or red tape or whatever you know and it's costing you this much this is what sanford went through and i think we can do that for you is saving x amount and x amount of time and being able to real re re reallocate your your human assets to different things to work on would that be of benefit for you right I know in your industry, ba 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 ba, or in your geography, ba 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 ba, that these are these things are taking place, right? You bring that up, and they I go, have a, hmm. go ahead. I was going to say I, I have a question around around that, and 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 something you said earlier too about how you want to get focused around one industry and not have you know kind of a a, a scatter shot of different industries you're going after. One yeah. thing with with our experience, you know, we've worked with with healthcare, we've worked with restaurants, we've worked with um, you know, retail, we've worked, we do have a scatter shot range of portfolio pieces that we have worked with. How what what like uh, mental model do you follow to kind of help guide people uh, to figure out which industry is the right industry to really, you know, go after? You mean in regards scattershot versus 
laser focus. Yeah, like you know, because with going after if if we're going to go after Sanford, then you would the the theory would be we should go after other healthcare related companies and then kind of expand out from there. Um, you know, where 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 do you when you have like a portfolio and this might be like a privileged position of speaking from, uh, but like if, if we have a few different clients that are big names in in several different industries. It's like how do you think about which one of those industries to be laser focused on and go after? All right. This is going to, I'm sorry that I have been talking for this long and haven't clarified that. So my bad. Um, let me, I'm going to use a live example for us is when we, so there was a period of time. So we've done, we really have served two industries quite well. One is the, uh, the tech startup, well, tech startup and, or like we've worked with Infor and Jamf. So it's not like they're all startups, but, um, and then the professional service companies, for instance, what do you guys do? Professional service companies. We work with MentorMate, we work with Newline, we work with Foundry, we worked with, uh, we worked with a bunch of professional service company, uh, network medics. We work with a bunch of, of, of professional service companies and software companies. Why? The reason is, is because they're intertwined, right? Mo a lot of the professional service companies we've served are software development companies. The other uh, industry that we've served are software companies. So we can speak to those things. Plus I spent 15 years in, in high ticket software sales. So there's that, but that was kind of something that we fell into. I want to be very honest. We did not have this, this plan and this strategy that we've developed the last seven years. Okay. Now we have it. So now we eat our own dog food. But at that time, we just kind of tripped into those things. But, but, but I want to tell you that because it was based on experience. So for us, I'll give you an example, then I'll get it back to you with your, your, a few of your, I know some of your, you know, I know I, like great clips. We'll use that as an example in a second. And then Dick, I want to make sure we, we, we take time with you is when we, uh, so the first customer that I landed when we were BBG prior to, Morphing into closers was Infor. Infor had a, they were going to go to the cloud. They'd never gone to the cloud. They've been all on premise the whole time. And I got the gig because I was ice fishing with the VP of sales over there, who happened to be one of my dear friends. And um, at the time, I had the luxury to thanks to some commissions and some years of past uh, that I got to take the leap. But but we started there. Okay, it was a good project, but it was going to end. And so Lead Pages was on the rise, and Field Nation was on the rise. And so when I went to Lead Pages uh, kickoff with their new back in the warehouse district, their their new office, which seems like millennials ago, but you know I had a chance to talk to Kyle Hale, who was their brand new VP of Sales, and I knew Clay and a couple other guys, and um, I said, hey, you know something we just did for because they were going to build out like almost the same deal, not go to the cloud. They were already in the cloud, but like they wanted to build out uh, an SDR and an inside kind of ASR team. Um, sorry, uh, BD. Do you guys know what this means? So business development reps you know, hit the phones or whatever, do outreach. And then the, um, the ASR, the account rep will, um, will work the deal for those of you who don't know that. So SDR, ASR, and they wanted to build the same model that Infor did. So I said, well, what we did with Infor, and it was very challenging because they're not as quick and nimble as you guys. They're not as young and hip. Um, they're more on-prem. So we had to get over that. And here's the success rate we had just a couple months ago. Is that what you guys are looking to build? And Kyle's like, yes. He's like, hell, if you can do it there, you could probably do it here. Okay. Same deal with, with lead pages. Had a beginning and end. I knew it was going to come. Uh, Field Nation uh, came up. I knew I met Manuel at a, at a thing, but I knew Liz Benz from my Oracle days, who was their VP of Sales and Jeff Parrish. And I said, "Hey guys, here's what we just did at Lead Pages, and prior to that, we did it at Infor. Um, I think we could do it here. Here's kind of a model I think that would work for your unique business." Those three logos turned into thirty logos <laughs> for the next, you know, years. They, they, we got all the we, we worked with everyone. Jamf, we worked with all the software companies here locally, other than Code Forty Two, because they 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 blew up very fast and they didn't need us. But 
Mitch was a, yeah, he could do the job. <laughs> he didn't need us. But anyway, most everybody else based on those three logos and that same exact story. Does that answer your question? The shotgun approach, in my opinion, is fleeting. We've got Sanford. We've got UHG. Let's go and see who else in the healthcare industry within Sioux Falls or beyond. I mean, I would consider Sioux Falls, Fargo, you know, just those kind of hubs because they're all kind of cousins. As far as here's who we've worked with in the healthcare industry there. Here's what we, their pains and challenges that they came to the table with. And here's how we overcame them. Um, we think we can do the same for you. Would this be worth a conversation to learn how? You know, same with Great Clips. Great Clips came to us. Now, Great Clips could be any retail play. It doesn't need to be cutting hair, although it could. You know, it could be Regis Jute. You could go after them and say, have you heard of Great Clips? Yes, I have. Um, here's a situation where, you know, they, their online bookings weren't taken off because they just didn't have a reputable app. It wasn't intuitive it, or it didn't exist. And here's what we were able to do for them. Would that be worth a conversation having with you guys? Of course it would be. Like, what the hell? It's free. It's not, it's not you're not going to charge me this conversation, are you? You know, people say yes to that. I'm going to stop now because I've been talking a lot. Does that any of this make sense? Or I, I, I'm trying to answer your question while educating uh, people yeah. I can't see. <laughs> no, for sure. That does. I, I think my the, the, the gist of my question was like, we have a really strong person in health, like a really strong logo, basically, in healthcare and a really strong logo in retail do you, do you really like figure out how you double down on one of those? Like, do we, do we really, uh, do we, do we have to, can we go for both? Like, I, I, I don't, you know, there's, that's always been a, I think a struggle that a lot of people in my position have is you, you want to do everything and, and, you know, boil the ocean, but at some point, you know, you only have so many hours in the day to make sales. You only have so many, uh, you know, up at bats to be able to make these relationships. And so it's like, I think that's probably something that people here are, are thinking about would be like, you know, how, if you already have a few customers, we're talking about landing your next three customers. Um, you know, what, how do you decide which one of those areas to like, you know, go after and target. And you don't have to, that could be a rhetorical question and you can talk to Dick because I've been talking and <laughs> taking up your time this whole time. But that that's kind of what I'm thinking about right now. Well, this is a good transition because I wanted to hear Dick's take on this. But so th this the show is called How to Land Your Next Three, th three Customers. What I should have added in the title is how, and I, I think I will moving forward, uh, Garia, let's do that, um, is how to land your next three customers by leveraging your first three customers. That's what I should have titled this, all right? For instance, if you have, let's say you have, uh, you have a foot injury, right? You're going to go look up a foot doctor who has lots of experience, right? You're not going to go to a pediatrician, you know, right? Like you're not going to go to an eye doctor. You're going to go to a foot doctor, correct? That's, that's, they've done it right all along. Doctors are the best salespeople ever. I, I, I'm convinced because niches are in the riches. So they've already decided I'm a foot doctor. They're not going to fix your cough. They're not going to prescribe medication for you to fix your ADHD. They're going to go and fix your foot and they're damn good at it. And they do the same and they do almost the same surgery. They do the same protocol every single day. They don't have to think about it. Their life is very easy and they print money. And that's how I want people to think about this. You, the first three customers that you tripped into, and I'm not, I, when I say trip, I want to be, I'm being facetious. Obviously there's probably, there was probably a plan. You have three customers. Let's just say it's three. Let's say it's two. Let's say it's one but you have some success to teeter off from what people do wrong. And I see it all the time. And then that's why they come to us is, well, I've got 16 different 
10 different customers and they're in seven different industries, right? All we have to do right there is dissect. Let's just pick your favorite. Who pays on time? Who closes mm-hmm. the fastest? Who sings your praises, right? What's an industry you're passionate and interested in? Let's just start there. We don't have to make it complicated. So Tim, before we transition to Dick, what, I, what, what I'm talking to you about specifically is I know most of your clients because we work together, so I have that advantage. The Great Clips thing is a story. Sanford, UHG, those are stories, right? You've got, a, you have, uh, was it Turn Signal? That's a story, a sexy story. But those are three different stories. So what you want to do is you want to have your anchor story. That, that, is, that, is, that is layered in, uh, third first of all, third-party verification and proof that you've had success within that industry, within that geography, within that pain and challenge, whatever it is, okay? You leverage that story. That's all we're talking about here is when you go and you evangelize your, your unique offering to other folks, if you don't have that anchor story, you're wasting your time. Because if I'm like, hey, I got a foot injury, and you're like, yeah, no kidding, so what I do is I prescribe Adderall for people that have ADD, ADHD, or bipolar two. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the hell does that have to do with my foot? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, so you have no experience in, in fixing feet? Not at all. None. But I want to. <laughs> but I want to. It's like how people break into Fortune 500 companies. I have no experience, no idea who my target is. But I want to. So now let's transition to you, Dick. <laughs> does that make sense, Tim? Uh, yeah, nailed it. Thank you. I, I guess that's. I, I guess I just want everyone to keep their mind around. Like this is not that hard. It just requires preparation and work and making a decision based on experience, success, comfort, uh, stories. You know, things that you've you've already you've already done it. Whether it at, at this startup that you're well, in your guys's case, you guys have a track record because you've been doing this a while. But if someone's listening at home saying, "Well, I just started my new tech startup, but I worked for these companies prior to that." They have stories. Leverage those stories. Leverage mm-hmm. a story that you built in within their story and or their legacy and bring it to the market. There's a reason you started this, this, this service or company is because, you know, you saw something that, that no one else saw. But, but bring their, their familiarity and credibility to the table and you win. Right on? I dig it. All right. Now, Dick, that was not a dig on like, I want to break into Fortune 500 companies. I've never done it. But that is, honest to God, every, what everybody says when they come to us. They go, hey, I want to break into Fortune 500 companies. And so my big question is why, other than the money? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the answer is we want to have a bigger company and we want to have larger accounts. It's going to help us scale. It's with a, with a service-based business like we were talking about. We're yeah. very human-oriented. We scale via hiring more people. We, in and of ourselves, are not a software company. We can't scale, you know, we can't build an app. You know, Tim can't build us an app and then we sell it to 10 million users and it's, you know, we're marginally hiring more support, you know, mm-hmm. reps. You know, we're very human process oriented. So which with every three new clients, we're hiring a new employee. I don't know the exact ratio, but you get the idea. Yeah. Um. And before we kind of dive down my rabbit hole, I kind of want to touch back on Tim's because we are literally going through this right now. We were served, we were everything to everybody five years ago. And then we started to narrow it down to uh, probably two years ago. We, we narrowed it down to just SaaS and e-commerce. And then just like this summer, uh, we're starting to work less with e-commerce and we're starting to work more with just SaaS companies because we're finding that that's our lane. That's where most of our case studies are. We did exactly what Mick was saying and saying, 
who are the customers that pay on time, who are the ones that stay the longest on a retainer, because that's mm-hmm. important for our business too, for scalability and longevity uh, and predictability. And where can we double down and leverage previous case studies or even existing customers and say, hey, we're currently working for companies A, B, and C, which are, like you said, close cousins to what you are doing. And then it's much easier for them to say yes, because you're a foot doctor and you just work with three other foot patients, right? So uh, we, we went through that and it was uh, one of the best decisions. And it's the, like you said, Nikolai, is the hardest thing is making that jump. And there is like a slower way to do it. You don't have to like cut everybody off on day one and all of a sudden your revenue is at 50% of what it was yesterday. Like we're doing like a phased approach. Like we're still serving all of our e-commerce customers that we had at the beginning of the year. Like we're still serving them. We're just not taking on new ones right now unless they're like just no brainer, whatever, just for revenue's sake. But like they're, we're super hyper laser focused on that SaaS clientele. So I just wanted to add that to my two cents there because we were, we're literally in the process of like right now. So. Well, perfect timing, man. Thanks yeah. to startup week for bringing us together. Right. Dick, it's been a while. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, right. So kind of going back to the Tim thing is first of all, making these decisions, bravo to you, right? Like we've had to do the same thing. Um, we don't take B2C on. And I, I, if I had a nickel for every B2C client that we get hit hit by every week, mm-hmm. I mean, man, I'd have a bag of nickels, you know, that we just turned down that business. But, <laughs> but I've never sold Full it to bag. B2C. Yeah, at least maybe two. Um, but it's hard to do because it's money. And when you're starting out, you're like, oh, money, money, money. But I will tell you, there's, there's, there's good money and there's blood money. And the blood money sucks you dry. That's where a lot of businesses go out of business because you're already uh, – sacrificing your being you're already saying well i don't really Mm -hmm. do this but i could this one time well Mm -hmm. now that's a story (laughs) just a bad story and you're the villain because now they tell you know what i mean now that's how business goes they tell like we used to do recruiting for a hot minute because um we we'd come in and then we'd train everyone they sort of have success and they're like hey can we can you find me five more people like people you guys just coached and we, we would say yes well I underestimated the amount of time that that took to find top people, right? And that wasn't our deal. Like it, we, we, we did it, but it wasn't what our skill was. And that, that ended up almost breaking us. That was the transition from BBG to closers. We just needed some bl- like line in the sand to be like, listen, we don't do this anymore because this is a full-time job and this is a full-time job. And I believe in this more than that because, you know, people are going to come to work with their own agendas and their own process but why don't we build a, why don't we implement a process here that's worked for 20 years um and and you just, we just hire along that or you hire along because then you can hire anybody you can have hire olive garden chef or whatever to come on and, and use this system because it's the same and it's been implemented right mm-hmm. and and i guess mm-hmm. for you kudos that was a long i'm i'm as, if you can't tell like i said i'm, I'm kind of trying to do this for you guys and trying to do this for people i cannot see um, cause everyone's coming at, at today and their business from a different standpoint. And I know mm-hmm. for sure somebody right now has just taken on a contract that they wish they hadn't. I took on several. Okay. Several. And I'm sure you have two, Tim, Dick, no doubt. So starting with what we know right now, which is our feet are firmly planted, you know, to go up the hill the right way. Um, fortune 500 company and prep does require the same type of work and, and stuff that we just discussed. So if those people just jumping in, what we discussed is, we want to k- take and pocket, we call it pocket prospecting, but we, you know, batch pocket, whatever, um, specific industries and or titles and or geographies. I like to go deep. So I like two to three industries. In our case, closers, we only have two software companies and, uh, 
and professional service companies. Um, I prefer to do work in the Midwest, specifically Minnesota. Um, that's just me. Do we have clients elsewhere? Absolutely. But I, then you got to deal with time zones and I'm not a fan of that. Um, that's why <laughs> there's no strategy. Just, I don't really want to deal with time zones because I'm a calendar. I'm an idiot when it comes to calendars. So there's that, right? So we, we, we know that. But then in, in particular, what are the types of titles and the people that we help? I prefer to work with companies that are 100 employees on down so that I can actually have a tangible impact on the decision makers livelihood and the team's livelihood that I do that for selfish reasons, because I like to, to see someone's life change, you know, within a three month stretch or a six month stretch, whatever we're contracted for, it just does the body good. And it motivates me. Um, that's why I do what we do. So that's my story. So for you, Dick, knowing that you have your story and you're going into fortune 500 companies, you want to do the same exercise that we just talked about with Tim. We want to pick a lane, maybe two, maybe three lanes. We can go beyond that. Okay. There's, there's no saying like we just going to shit can the whole, all the rest of our experience in industry. We don't right. do that. That's nuts. But we focus and we batch. And the work that we put into it is we find something that we have common ground with our decision maker. Um, we find uh, maybe, you know, in just like in Tim's case, healthcare, uh, what would you call it? service retail kind of, you know, brick and mortar service retail, you know, and, and we go there. We start there. And then we build kind of our list and our thing based on geography that we're familiar with, stories we can tell that relate, right? Because Texas and Minnesota are completely different places. You know, California, New York, completely different places. So leveraging stories across country, just it, it doesn't have the same hit. You can do it. It just doesn't have the same hit I've found. And then understanding the title, a CTO, a CFO, a CI, whatever. I'm going to see, we sell in the C-suites, but VPs of product development, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, and, 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 and getting their story down too. So finding the people, finding where you relate with them, finding though, also the things that they're facing and their challenges. If it's a fortune 500 company, oftentimes they're publicly traded. You can leverage an artifact called a 10 K or an eight K 10 K is where both are where they have to publicly announce, Hey, this is where we failed our shareholders last year. Here's where the direction we're going to go in this year to solve it. It's free and it's accessible to everybody. I highly recommend if you're selling to Fortune 500 that you definitely pull 10Ks for all of your clients. It's a PDF document usually, and you can easily navigate like, oh man, um, the technology, they, they, they didn't have enough new leads coming in. So they got to double down on marketing automation or, or hiring for sales. Or you know they have very inefficiencies in their tech stack. They've got all these dis disparate apps. They want to bring it either in-house to build a custom version or... Will they actually say that word for word or will it be much more high level abstract corporate BS kind of jargon? It won't be corporate. It'll be clear. I mean, because they have different sections. They have technology sections, financial mm -hmm. sections. Got it. Um, so I was I sold it into financial sections for 15 years. So I would go to the financial section. I would find, oh, you know, their revenue was down, this and that. Oh, what, what, what was the cause of it? Uh, sometimes it was mm -hmm. just they had a despair. They didn't have an ERP system that was worth anything or it was a home built and it was costing them and or they got a license hit because their vendor didn't whatever the reason was it's there mm -hmm. and it's it's there and it's like and that's what you can leverage to approach them and say hey i saw in your 10k that you had problem xyz well we have solution abc that's going to help you like do you want to do your shareholders good this year you know what i mean and make your boss look good or make you look good to your boss right so let's take right that approach so yes and no and I know you're a big boy, so you can take it. So yep. yes, the concept is there, but the finesse isn't. So here's what, what how we'd want to approach it. Number one, they don't care about their boss. They don't care about their tent, their shareholders. They have a like when you go to work for, work for a corp, for, for what a big company. 
you really don't care about the CEO. Like you don't care. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you care about, I want to get my promotion. I want it, or I do love my boss. And I, like, I always loved my boss. So we, I, I always, when I got president's club, I'd always make sure they got to go to president's club so we could share that together. Cause I couldn't do my job without them, whatever that is, you know, finding that steady. So here's how you'd approach it. You'd find that information and say, okay, in this sector, it looks like this person oversees that sector that got absolutely bombed last, last uh, quarter or year. It is their responsibility. You're in your head going, there's a chance that their whole team could get fired if they don't fix this. So we know it's important. Now we look up them in particular. Where did they study? Where did they live? What are they into? Right? What are they, those kinds of things. Hmm. And when we, and then we look up what does a insert title, what are the top three things that they're facing today? And then we take all that information and we mash it in a very customized specific outreach program. Now, a lot of people are thinking, well, that's, that's the opposite of mass automation. How am I going to reach a thousand people? You're not. That's why everyone hates mass automation because it's mass automation and you feel it. This requires a little bit more work, but it is scalable. You just go old school and you make 10 to 20 touches. I'm going to do 10 touches, 20 touches a week, a day, whatever. But you've done the upfront thing. Now, specifically, you're finding what, what this person's passionate about, right? You're finding that. That, 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 that requires a little bit of work. Other than that, though, everything else is at scale. You're finding in, you know, the geographical in, uh, I don't know, I can't think of, uh, let's say rent control in New York, or let's say something, and you're a big conglomerate that owns whatever, you know, this is something that you can say, you know, here's what, here's how this is scaled out in Vancouver. It didn't work out. And here's how, how it costs things. And here's how it might hit New York. But um, this is what some other state has done and, and there's, a, there's an appeals in process. So maybe you'll get that back. But right now you've got to figure out how to navigate around that. What we've seen when we helped this other company was, was this, that, and the other thing, the outcome was spectacular. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, <laughs> right? Whatever, how we want to end it, but, but we want to take, so we know something about them personally. Mm -hmm. We know that their, their, their title, their job title is facing this right now. Their industry is getting attacked by this problem, this challenge, and specifically in their geographical, their political, or their you know uh, weather wise, whatever the you know the, the the situation is going on in their specific state and or city, you're packaging this together to say, I understand these things are going on. Are you facing this these challenges today? Yes, I am. We've seen this with the. Uh, I'm just going to use CTO just for the hell of it. You know, where CTOs right now are facing, it's really hard to find people to kind of to join the team. And so we've seen where people kind of hybrid teams. Are you familiar with the term hybrid teams? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Right. We start talking through that kind of thing. Well, what a lot of people don't know is the benefits of it are this, that, and the other thing you got a scalable team that can work 24 seven, that, that the handoff still, still works. If you got the right team, you know, our team who does what I'm saying has done this, that, and the other thing for companies just like yours. In, in fact, uh, this company down the street that does, Blah, 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 blah. You familiar with them? Yeah. So what we did for them is we did this, that, and the other thing. And the outcome was, was superb. In fact, they're, they're, it helped fund a new building. Oh, is that the one off sixth? Yeah, it's the one off sixth. It's the one off sixth that, uh, the, with the, peaky, <laughs> the peaky thing. Yeah. Like, whoa, you guys, wow. Um, you know what? Yeah, we should talk more. <laughs> and that's how this works. And you can do that at scale, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because the only thing that takes a lot, well, the thing that takes a lot of work is you've got to pick the industry right? That you're familiar with, pick a town or geography or not, you know, that you're, that you've familiar with titles you've had success with package the story. So it's, we got 
we got eight minutes left, so I'm going to kind of button this up. But like, um, so number one is right. We've got we've we we put our little six our praise portfolio together. Success we've already had, we've already done this, been there, done that. Whether it be in your past life and you're starting a, a company that can, you know, that can fix that problem, or in your guys' case, you already have, you've already killed it in your in your existing sector, right? Dick, yours with SMBs. Um, Tim, yours in Fortune 500 in specific niches. Um, you just pick a couple of those, right? The titles that you've already had success working with that have had made the decisions in the past and or look like they're going to make the decisions in the future, right? If they're publicly traded, you, you pull their 10K, you find their challenges. If they're not publicly traded, you can still go and find their challenges based around what are they speaking on? What are their employees saying, right? What a, what's going on in the market today, even if they're not sharing anything, which is highly unlikely in today's social market. But let's say they're old school and they don't post. You could still find pains and challenges that are going on in their industry that others are facing. Um, and then you, so you put that together. That's not hard. That's the same story for everyone you're about to reach out to. The only difference is you want to find those people and take it a next step further. So there's something that you guys can relate on, on a personal level, right? And, and then you begin. And that is how you sell in the fortune 500 companies. It's how you sell into SMBs. Now, since we have a couple more minutes left, we're not going to be able to close out our sales system in, in 30 minutes for seven minutes. But the back half to this is once you engage is setting up a, is setting up a, a system and we can help for those listening right now. This is what we do. Um, so reach out to, to us, Mikolai at closesmedia.com, but um, is to, to put together the, the rest of the, the rest of the story. The rest of the story is if the upfront was this, this person is so credible. What's the back half look like? This is where people lose people is the sales process is sloppy. You don't follow up. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't do the right things. You don't set agendas. You just kind of half-ass it. And that, and then, 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 and then you live up to what big companies already think of small companies. Uh, they're just small. They don't have their poop in a group. We make sure that all of our clients have their poop in a group. Okay. Meaning A to Z. Once we get somebody to, to look our way and interested in, they're aware, they want to have a conversation. We run them through an extremely tight sales process that makes the buyer journey joyful, surprise-free, right? And gets everybody on board. So when it comes to making that yes decision, it's already been made halfway through the process because you've done the right qualification. You've brought the right other people in that would have otherwise gotten away, you know, behind the scenes. You've made everything visible. The agenda has been set for each and every step. Um, you've, you've leveraged their return on investment that would make this a no brainer. You've packaged it with third party verification and proof that you've done this successfully. And you've convinced them that, that, you know, this is the right choice and you're going to do the same for them. And then we all hold hands, kumbaya, and, uh, you know, enjoy some time out here in Whitefish in the winter because we've hit our, our number early. Does that sound good? <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that. So, I want the invite too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, oh, before we wrap here, we got five minutes. Um, we got five minutes. So we've, what did I not cover? Was this helpful, Dick, for you in particular? It's, it's a similar process that you're probably already familiar with. The mm -hmm. only difference mm -hmm. with Fortune 500 is the internal selling game. So it's literally the same system and process we've talked about before, which is setting the agenda, those steps. It's just yep. you've got you to fan it out. That's the only difference um, is with an SMB, you might have a couple decision makers. That's, that's the positive of selling an SMB. The trick of selling an SMB is it's their baby and there's emotion tied to it. Mm -hmm. And that often can, can create its own set of problems. With mm -hmm. Fortune 500 or whatever, the people don't have that same level of give a shit 
you know, mm-hmm. but, but they mm-hmm. do care about themselves and their team and, and their, their, their piece of that pie that they want to protect that. They don't want to make mm-hmm. a bad decision because that would, could result in them getting fired. So the right. trick is you want to make sure that who else is involved in this decision? Who else is going to get in the way? Now that we've established kind of a trusting bond, who's, who's going to be our Karen here? You know, who's going to, be, mm-hmm. who's, mm-hmm. who's going to get in our way and, and say no. And then we understand uh, his or her true feelings of why they've blocked this stuff in the past. And we, 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 we combat that. We get around that. And we win them over one by one until we're one big team. How to do that, that's a conversation for another day. But mm-hmm. that's my, the best job I could do for, for everyone listening and for you guys to, you know, to, to tackle your challenges and then hopefully give you something to apply when we hang up today. Did we accomplish that? Yeah. So I've got one more tactical question. Uh, so if our sales process for SMBs is typically around 30 days, because we have like a four week process, mm-hmm. does that mean that with fortune 500s, is it going to get dragged out from four meetings throughout four weeks? Is it going to be eight meetings throughout eight weeks? Because I have to talk to more stakeholders or what's like, what's the tactical difference? Yeah. So just as we were talking about different industries, like foot doctor, Peter, yep. Peter, I don't remember, you know, Fortune 500 and SMBs are not the same thing. Just mm-hmm. not. So, so if you have a process for SMBs, which you should, you should mm-hmm. have a process for enterprise, but they're not the same thing. So uh-huh. I would double your, your average time because you got to get it on their, on their, uh, VM, uh, their vendor management system. In most cases, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you've got to be approved by, in your case, probably not HR, but you know, you've got to be approved by a lot of different things just to engage and have a conversation. Cause what they're not going to do is not get you on the VMS go through six meetings and then be like, Oh, I guess we got to get you in the approval chain. If they do that run, hmm. okay. they will. I'm not saying they won't, but, but you need to set the stage. You are the expert. So what we've mm-hmm. seen done in the past, when we worked at fortune 500 companies is we need to get on the VMS system. Is that a step that we need to take here? And then we start there. So now let's put all of our energy into getting on the VMS system. Oh, we're on that VMS system. Here it is. Yep. Here's the approval letter. Fantastic. The next step in our process is we do bop, bop, bop. We shoot, we really like to invite these players and these players because we found in the past, it's very important to them to also mm-hmm. be on board. Who are those people? These people, these people. Once you've done the upfront and you've gotten their trust, you're mm-hmm. champion and you are on the same team. You guys are now buddies. You're, 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 you're trying to go for it and try and get this thing done. They want to work with you. You want to work with them. You just got to go and then sell up to the rest of the people. So it's just kind of a multi-level level sale, if you will. But yeah. most of the selling that you'll have to deal with will be internal. Um, but it's the same process as, as selling into an SMB. It's just times three or four different groups or approval chains. That's the only difference. But it will, it will double your, your time investment. But awesome. it's also double your, your return. return. So, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, guys, we got one minute. I know Tim um, has got to go. This has been great. Uh, for those listening, uh, thank you. This has been a season one or sorry season five episode one kickoff for kind of our new approach next 12 episodes are going to be uh, conversations like this we want to bring real founders and real people in that are struggling in certain with certain challenges and or just want to know how do i come combat this and um we're going to do our best to solve them we sell a three-month uh kind of sprint package which is courses and um coaching based around real deals just like this real challenges um, that we put our um, award-winning sales system in to help solve. If that sounds of interest, Nikolai at closersmedia.com or hit us up at closersmedia.com. And we hope to see you guys around Twin Cities Startup Week. Thank you again, Beta. Thank you again, Tim. Thank you again, Dick, for coming out and being vulnerable. Thanks to the whole Twin City Startup Week uh, folks for putting this all together. 
And uh, we'll see you bopping around uh, in the chat rooms and uh, events coming up. And for our closest community, thank you for joining us once again. And uh, we'll see you next month, the next Copying Closures. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. All right. So what do we think? What'd you learn? Well, if you like that, check out coffeeclosures.com for upcoming episodes, recordings, and more. And don't forget to check out our sponsors. Each one has been hand-selected. They're best in class. Until next time, we'll see you at the next Coffee and Closers. Cheers.